podcast listener Laura writes in to ask this. Pastor John, how do you respond to the craze over books like Heaven is for Real, a little boy's astounding story of his trip to heaven and back? I have heard from many people, both who do and do not profess to be believers, how much they love these books. I am a natural skeptic. How do you address this? If books go beyond Scripture, I doubt, I doubt what they say about heaven. In other words, I'm skeptical. And, and since doubted claims are of little use for living our lives, I don't bother to read these books. <laughs> since I, I have my Bible, which already tells me what I can know for sure about heaven and everything in those books, I do not know for sure. I don't uh, credit them with uh, infallibility, and therefore it's all guesswork, and I don't find guesswork about heaven helpful, therefore I don't read the books. Now, my skepticism is increased uh, because I tried to read one of these books one time, and immediately I saw a mistake. We at Desiring God, we wrote to the author. Uh, He had said, how can you say that when you got to heaven, there were no, there's no mention of death or anything uh, uh, like that brought to memory, something like that. And I wrote and I said, According to Revelation, the centerpiece of the songs that we will sing is about the lamb who was slain, which means the most horrible slaughter of any human being that ever was will be on our minds forever. And he wrote back and said, I misspoke. I said, well, my confidence level has just, you know, gone down again. And I thanked him, we thanked for, for his honesty. And that's the sort of thing that's going to happen. People, I, I don't believe these books. I'm very skeptical about these books, but mainly I have a Bible that tells me what I need to know. But he, here's, here's the last and the main uh, problem. The Bible forbids seances and necromancy. That is, it forbids communicating with the dead. Whether or not you bring them up like the witch of Endor brought up Samuel or whether they happen to show back up in your living room because they only stayed there for a while. I don't think in principle there's any difference. And the reason I don't think there's in principle any difference between calling somebody up from the dead in a seance and having them come back from the operating table and claim that they were dead and went to heaven, the reason there's no difference is because the argument that God gives for why we shouldn't do it applies to both. Here's here's what it is. Isaiah 8, verse 19. When they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers, the communicators with the dead, who chirp and mutter. When they say that, should not a people inquire of their God? That's the argument. Should they inquire of the dead on on behalf of the living? In other words, God's beef with necromancy is that it belittles the sufficiency of his communication. Why would you inquire of the dead to find out what you want to know instead of inquiring of me? And if they say, well, I have inquired of you and you didn't tell me what I want to know, he'd say, well, that's your problem. I have told you what you need to know. You don't need to know about such and such if I haven't told you. And in fact, if you go trying to inquire about such and such that I haven't told you, you are dishonoring me. So that's the nature of the argument. And therefore, I think the prohibition of of seances and necromancy applies to this kind of thing. And people ought to stop writing those books. Here's what we're told, Tony, just just a taste. The Bible tells us that in heaven and in the age to come, 
There's going to be no disease, no calamities, no depression, no guilt, no shame, no misery, no pain, no sinning, no being sinned against, perfect joy, perfect peace, perfect righteousness, fellowship, intimate fellowship with Jesus. We're going to see God. And according to those, those letters in Revelation, we will eat the tree of life in the paradise of God. We will not be hurt by the second death. He will give us hidden man and a white stone with own, which only he and we know the name of on it. Very intimate picture. He will give us authority over the nations and make us the morning star. He will never blot our names out of the book of life. He will confess us before the Father and his angels. He'll make us pillars in the temple of his God and we'll never go out of it. He'll write his name on our forehead. He will grant us to sit with him on his throne as he's conquered and sat down with the Father on his throne. We, the, these things take a lifetime to probe into, and they are absolutely authoritative, absolutely certain. So I would just direct people to one sermon, Jonathan Edwards' Heaven is a World of Love. If you want to see something that is more beautiful than anything you've ever read in any book that's built on going to heaven and back again, read this, and this, you can know, is true because it's all based on the Bible. Yes, that's right. Thank you, Pastor John. And Jonathan Edwards' sermon, Heaven is a World of Love, is the final sermon or final chapter in his book, Charity and Its Fruits. One of the best editions of this book is a fairly new edition edited by Kyle Strobel and published by Crossway in 2012. The full title is Charity and Its Fruits, Living in the Light of God's Love, and you can find it at Amazon. Well, what would you say is the greatest threat to ministry? Tomorrow we'll ask Pastor John. Until then, I'm your host, Tony Ranke. Thanks for listening.